Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our next Relic Reveal video on our pathway, our pilgrimage to the Our Lady of the Angels Chapel right here at St. Anthony of Padua and that reliquary. Ooh, it's going to look so nice with those 27 relics, 26 of which are saints. So what we are going to do today is talk about a brilliant saint that I love, and I personally read a bunch of his writings, Saint Bonaventure. Now, little is known about the life of St. Bonaventure when he was a kid. Born in 1221, which back then was the Papal States, today is just Northern Italy, um, he was known as a very sickly child, especially uh, at the age of four. In fact, he says about himself at that age that he was snatched from the jaws of death, so sickly was he, but he was snatched by none other than St. Francis of Assisi. Apparently, his mom was able to get St. Francis to come and pray for him, and he was miraculously healed after just a short time with the boy. And that's apparently, legend has it, where his nickname came from, because an Italian, oh, bueno, Ventura, Bonaventure means, oh, good fortune. Historians doubt whether or not that was actually what occurred. But either way, Francis prayed for this boy at the age of four. He was healthy, and at the age of about 23 years old, he enters into the Franciscan order. And he ends up being renowned, not just for his profound intellect, but also for his holiness, something that penetrates all of his writings. He is a fiery lover of Christ. I'm going to make a pause for a moment and encourage you to get the Eucharistic prayer that you pray after communion from St. Bonaventure, it is epic. That being said, Bonaventure would get awarded a Master's of Arts, then he goes to get his Master's in Theology. Now, you have to understand, this is the time in the Middle Ages when the monasteries are being diminished and there's the rise of the mendicant orders. The monasteries are diminished because the new social order, the Dark Ages are done, and now we're in the High Middle Ages. Not just cities, but towns are growing all over the place. Commerce is restarting, right? All of these things are now in place for civilization to fully reboot itself after about 400 years of collapse. And so the shift goes from the monastery in the country to now the urban centers, right? All of these new cities and towns that grew up. And that's where the mendicant or the begging orders come in. Now you got to understand, and I've explained this before, talking about St. Anthony and uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, the mendicant orders were not really loved at all by either the monastic religious orders or the secular clergy, aka diocesan priests. They did not really like these guys because they were, they were seen as living without a rule, they were seen as living a very precarious lifestyle. And in fact, when Bonaventure and Thomas Aquinas, buddies and colleagues, even though they're from two different orders that has a, you know, kind of like a fighting spirit between the two, the Dominicans and the Franciscans, when they entered into the University of Paris in like the 1240s or 1250s, there was a huge rejection. And in fact, physical fights and persecutions broke out from the secular clergy against these new mendicant friars. The idea was that their vows of poverty, sleeping on the sides of roads, acting like beggars, offends the gospel, right? So uh, Thomas Aquinas and Bonaventure would write numerous tracts and give numerous public defenses of the mendicants of their own individual religious orders, the Franciscans and the Dominicans. And in fact, they won the day and they got the chairs of the magisters, the masters, right? So where we get the term masters in theology or masters of arts is the magister. And that was a title that was very rarely given in these university settings. And so Bonaventure and Thomas Aquinas sat on the first 
first chairs for these mendicant orders. Now, their influence was very powerful. As we all know, Thomas Aquinas uh, was quickly removed from the University of, of Paris, where I'm sure he wished he could have stayed much longer and was courted by the Pope to do all this other stuff. Well, Bonaventure ends up getting snatched away by his own religious order because they needed him. Apparently, the Franciscans were falling apart. People need to understand, when St. Francis lived his life, it was so dramatic, some people literally thought it was the second coming of Jesus Christ. Like his radical love of poverty, people would say this, in the Old Testament, God the Father gave us creation. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ, God the Son, gave us the sacraments, which is matter and spirit. And in the new age of St. Francis, we have the reign of the Holy Spirit giving us pure spiritual realities. It was shenanigans. And so Bonaventure had to travel throughout all of Europe, by foot, mind you, all of Europe trying to reunify these camps of the spirituals and the relaxi or the relaxati, right? I love that. I love, if I was a part of a religious order, let's be honest, it would definitely be the relaxati, right? That was what I would do. But he was able to preach and teach and pull his people out of this massive division and restore the Franciscan order to unity. In fact, people remarked at the time that it was like the second founding of the Franciscans, that Bonaventure is almost like a second Francis. So this beautiful and laborious work of Bonaventure, not just academically, but spiritually, not just spiritually, but socially, to reunite the Franciscan order, to become one of the most powerful driving forces of civilization in Europe at this time. He was incredible. And in fact, his intellectual and moral talents, as well as his holiness, was so renowned that he was invited by the Pope to help structure and organize the Second Council of Lyon. And at that Second Council, they were trying to reconcile the Latin and the Greek churches together. So what he had done with the spirituals and the relaxati, he was hoping to do between East and West, the Greeks and the Latins. Unfortunately, uh, Thomas Aquinas would die on the way to the council, but Bonaventure himself would succumb to illness and die during the council, which grieved everyone. Bonaventure was canonized about 200 years later and was declared a doctor of the church about 100 years after that. He is known as the Seraphic Doctor, which kind of annoys me as a fan of St. Thomas Aquinas because Thomas is known as the Angelic Doctor. And it's like, okay, but the highest choir of angels is the Seraphs. So we got Bonaventure. It makes me feel like a Franciscan came up with that title, probably. But he is known as the beloved uh, Seraphic Doctor. I love that understanding that this man communed with God with a fiery intensity that his whole being was in love with God. Now, this is where his life applies to our life. Now, we are a Franciscan parish, not run by the order, but run by the very spirit of St. Anthony of Padua, right? His example, his model, how he followed Francis. Anthony of Padua was a, a profound intellect, was the founder of the education component of the Franciscan order. Bonaventure was its exemplar par excellence. He was like an amalgam of the spirit fiery spirit of Francis and the intellectual dominance of Anthony in this incredible personality, this one person who actually was able to hold together an entire religious order composed of tens of thousands of men throughout Europe. And he did it on foot. He did it by preaching. He did it by teaching. He did it by loving. Now, let's be honest. There's a lot of division in our culture and in our church today, but I don't want to emphasize 
this notion of like, well, how do we reconcile the right and the left? Because I don't care to. What I care about more than anything else is letting the truth of Jesus Christ so penetrate our beings that people look at the way we live our lives and say, how could I doubt that God existed? When people look at Bonaventure, when people read his stories, when they read his writings, and more than anything else, when they read his prayers, they encounter the living God. So my question for you is, do people encounter the living God when they encounter you? That's what we need to be. So on fire, we want to yearn to be united to Christ crucified forever. That is the beautiful gift of St. Bonaventure to the church. Now, it is of good fortune that we have this wonderful saint and his relic coming to our chapel of Our Lady of the Angels. We are going to have a beautiful reliquary, but we are going to start building soon. So please, 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 let's keep donating to the Horizon Capital Campaign so we can make especially that reliquary as beautiful and as stable and as enduring a landmark of God's grace and mercy and fiery love as we can possibly do that. God bless y'all, and I'll see you right here next week.